If you've been playing violin for any length of time or if you've been around this podcast for a while, you've definitely heard about how important it is to practice and play slowly. But there's just something about being a human being that makes you want to be able to play things fast. I don't know if it's from listening to the professionals play in their recordings and wanting to have things to sound the same at tempo, or it's just like an innate thing. We want to go faster and be able to just show off and have everything moving at a at an interesting pace. So in this episode, I thought I would cover just that. And like Everything in violin, there is no secret sauce to being able to play fast, but there are definitely some techniques. There's a process to it, and I have quite a few things to say that hopefully you'll be able to apply in your next practice session when you're trying to speed up the tempo. But first, welcome to Violin Class. This is a podcast for anyone who is learning the violin as an adult. My name is Julia. I'm a professional violinist and violin teacher who works with adult amateurs. So if that is you, you are in the right place. And I hope that you will learn a thing or two in this episode that you can bring back to the practice room. If you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second to leave a rating or a review. This really helps small podcasts like me to reach new audiences. And lastly, if you'd like to get in touch, whether that be for a suggestion for a future episode, for private lesson inquiries, or just to share a little bit about where you're at in your violin journey, you can email me at violinclasspod at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get back into the episode of how to play faster. The most important thing to keep in mind when you're building up speed is that the goal is not just to play fast, but to play fast and clear. Sometimes we tend to speed up in fast passages and, the, and then squish all of the notes together just to kind of get the, get the notes over with. But if you work methodically, I think that speeding things up actually isn't the hardest part of violin playing by a long stretch. In fact, playing slowly is often quite a bit harder than playing things quickly. Generally, as far as the process goes, speed is going to be the last thing that I cover when I'm working with my students or if I'm practicing on my own when it comes to a passage. The first thing I'll be doing always is to break everything down, looking at each note as an individual component, checking out transitions, working on intonation, clarity of sound, any shifts. All of that comes first. And once that is solid and I can play that very consistently, I'm not making any mistakes and I'm just very clear in where my fingers need to go and in which order, then I want to look at speeding things up. So that brings me to my very first advice when it comes to playing it fast, which is to play it slowly. The most important place to start when trying to play something fast is to play it slowly. And I'll give you an example as to why. My husband and I are doing some renos in our house right now. I have my Pinterest board ready and imagine that I just jumped the gun and started laying furniture out, putting out like cute lights, fixtures up and laying down a rug all before my husband finishes the actual renovations in the walls. He needs to open up some walls and then he has to patch some things, reroute some pipes and it's going to get dust everywhere. And generally, the room is just going to be a huge mess. So if I put down my new armchair and my pictures on the wall in there before any of that happens, 
It's all going to get dusty. It's going to get sad. It's going to get wet. And I'll have two choices. Either I leave them there and sit on a gross, dusty chair, or I take them all out to replace them with new ones and then put them all back. But of course, I'm not going to do either of those things because that would be a total waste of time and money. I know that there's an order to things. I know that first we need to put up the walls, make the mess, get the dust everywhere, then we clean it up, and then we put in all of the decorations, all the fun stuff, right? So if you jump right into playing things fast or even at like a medium speed, this is exactly what you're doing. Either you're going to end up with a jumbled mess of notes, you're going to be tense and you're playing, or you're going to have to undo all the work that you've done already, all the practice time that you've put in on a passage, and then you're going to have to redo it properly from a slow tempo anyways. So when you have a passage that you need to play fast, let's say it's a bunch of 16th notes in a row over a half page, maybe it's some orchestra music, whatever it is, you need to first pick them apart one by one. And I have a pretty straightforward process for this, which I'm going to share right now. Take your notes and see if you can try this in your next practice session because it's really very, very simple. This is what I do daily in my practice and in my lessons, and it's a pretty standard process for for learning music, and it works very well with fast passages. So first, you're going to put your metronome on to 60 beats per minute. This not only is going to help to work on having really consistent tempo, but it's also going to keep you honest because once you have the metronome there, you're not going to play things at kind of a medium tempo or speed things up in any way. You're going to be uh, always at that slow tempo and you're going to give every single note four beats, which is going to be painfully slow. If your passage is particularly tricky, you can also put it down to 50 beats per minute. But generally, I like to stay around there. Anywhere between 50 or 70, I think, is just fine. There will be a tempo where you can tackle whatever section you're working on. And if it's just, you know, there's shifts everywhere and it's really, really, really difficult, slower is going to help. But generally, I think 60 is a nice place to start. So you're going to put that metronome on. Each note gets four beats and you're just going to play and try to figure out all of the transitions between the notes. You're going to pay attention to any string crossings, any tricky bowings or intonation sections, and you work on that for a little while, just like that. Once you can play that well, and most importantly, you can play it well while feeling easy, then you can start to bump up the tempo. So that's probably what you are interested if you've clicked on this episode. So let's take a look at how to do that. So when it comes to learning a fast passage, I like to work in two parts. The first part is learning the actual passage and then speeding it up. And again, most of the legwork actually happens in the figuring out of the part. That's where you're working slowly. And again, once you can play this well and it feels easy, then we can start to bump the tempo. This sounds simple, but it is just so tempting to start going faster. It's something that I remind my students absolutely constantly in lessons. So that's why I'm repeating it. It is so tempting to start going faster when we kind of sort of have something and it's not completely solid at a slow tempo. When we've got that figured out, we're going to look at speeding things up. And the most classic tried and true way of speeding a passage up in music is by working with the metronome. And I'm going to walk you through how to do this properly step by step. 
I actually like to practice a twist on this, which helps you to solidify the passages because I find that sometimes I'll be able to play a certain speed of something on one day and then the next day I'll come back to it and it won't be quite as clean as it was previously. So this is a process called met- metronome charting and it's essentially taking two steps forward and then one step back, two steps forward, one step back, etc. So here's how it works. Let's say I have my passage. The first step is to work backwards and we're going to figure out what my goal tempo is, which I can do by listening to my piece of music and then using the tap function on a metronome to get a number. On my metronome app, I actually have a little button that says tap. I'm just going to tap along and then there's a number that comes up that was about at 122 beats per minute. So let's, you know, my imaginary piece here, we're going to call that 122. That is my goal tempo. In case you don't know what the tap function is, it's pretty much the handiest tool ever and I use it like 10 times a day. I'm not sure if all apps have it, but my favorite metronome app does. It's a free one. I'll link it in my newsletter this week. And essentially you can just use the, you can just tap a button at certain speeds and it will give you the closest beats per minute number. And this is super useful because it allows you to work backwards in figuring out the tempo. You don't have to guess. You have a solid number that you can work towards. So you're going to write your chart. And at the end of your chart, you're going to write in your goal tempo. So that's step one. Step two is you're going to try to figure out where you can play this comfortably. And you're going to do that by playing through the passage and wherever you can play it in tune with great tone and overall have it feeling easy that's the tempo that you're going to write down. It might take a little bit of playing around um, with your, your metronome, but generally it'll be a little bit slower than what you're used to playing. It should not feel like a sprint, just like a light jog where you're able to keep the conversation going as, uh, as you're in motion, if you've ever heard that, um, that technique. That's essentially how you want to feel when you're playing through your passage. It should sound really good, and you should be able to walk around while you're playing. There's no resistance. So then you're going to sing that to yourself at the exact same speed as you just use your tap function to figure out your starting tempo. So now we have a starting point and we have an ending point. So let's say as an example, I can play through my passage at 54 beats per minute and I want to get it to 160 beats per minute. So here is where the chart comes in. I'm going to go up by intervals of three or four. That's up to you. I'm going to go with three, that way everything is really, really solid. So after 54 beats per minute, we're going to go up two intervals of three, so six beats. So then I'll write down 57. So after 54 on my chart, I'm going to go up two intervals of three. So I'll write 54, 57, and 60. And those are going to be my next practice spots. Then I'll go down by three, and I'm going to revisit 57 beats per minute, and then up by three and three again down by three, up by three, and three again, down by three, all the way to 160. As you can imagine, you're not going to get through all of that in a day or even in a week. It might take, you know, maybe even a couple months, depending on how difficult this is, but it is going to be rock solid by the time you get there. So again, we're going up and then back down, then up and down, up and down. But to take this one step further, Each practice session, you can actually start six beats below where you ended the previous practice session. So there's really a lot of overlap. The goal is to never feel resistance. Each time you go up in tempo, it shouldn't feel much harder than the previous. 
And you're not going to play each tempo just once. You're going to use a few other strategies that I'll cover next. If you find that you're starting to make mistakes, then you've gone up too fast. You want to go back down a few increments and you might need to stay on a certain tempo for quite a while before it starts to feel good and that you're sure that you're able to go up. There is a time element to this. We'll be right back after this quick break. The Violin Class Podcast is brought to you by my very own private violin studio. If you want to bring your violin playing to the next level, if you find that you're stuck on a certain technique or a piece, you're having trouble making progress, I would love to help you work through whatever challenges that you're working right now on violin. So if you're looking for a violin teacher to help guide you in your progress, or if you're self-teaching and looking for a one-time lesson to check in and work together to make a plan for your violin playing going forward, I would love to work with you. I've been teaching violin online to adult amateurs of all levels for over a decade. So if you are interested, you can reach out to me at violinclasspod at gmail.com or through my website at violinclass.co slash contact. And yes, beginners are always welcome. On that note, let's get right back into the episode. So that is metronome charting. That is step one. Let's say from there, I've been diligently working on my passage. It's been a couple of weeks and I'm just about at 160 beats per minute, which is great. What I'm going to do next to make sure that everything is really, really solid is that I'm going to push that tempo just a bit faster than I actually need it to be. I might actually go up to 166, 169. That way, when I go back down to 160, everything feels really comfortable and it almost actually feels slow. That's where we want it to be, to have everything feel really, really easy in our fingers. If you're playing something that's really crazy fast, like a presto, this might not be like physically possible. Sometimes we're at our absolute limit, but even one or two clicks, like I'm talking 201, 202 instead of 200 is going to give you the confidence that your goal tempo is solidly in your hands. When it comes to playing fast, it's better to be over-prepared. And you want to do that by actually learning the passage faster than you physically need to play it. So now let's circle back to clarity, because that's the thing that I talked about at the very beginning, that clarity is the key to having something fast actually sound good. Playing each note clearly is the key. So a trick to doing that if things are feeling muddy and when your notes are kind of blending into each other or you're kind of skipping some or playing them too fast is to focus on actually lifting the fingers instead of the drop. So you focus on lift, not the drop. And what this does is it encourages your hands to open instead of close. And it's crazy how well this works. My teacher used to always say, just lift high. It helps to keep your fingers from jumbling together. So that's something to really just uh, tell yourself as you're practicing. It's kind of a a good little mind trick as you find that you're, if ever you find that you, you can play the notes, but they're not feeling very clear. So that's one thing to focus on always is clarity of sound when we're playing fast. Anything that you can do to help reframe how difficult the passage is, is really, really going to help you when it comes to being able to play fast and clearly and avoid stumbling on your notes. A lot of the time we get in our own way 
you've got a lot of fast notes coming and you just start to get stressed, like physically stressed. You you freak out about what's about to come. And when you get stressed, what does your body do? It tenses up. And if your hands start to get tense or clammy or sweaty because of stress, you're just not going to be able to have that relaxed, effortless control on the passage that you've been practicing. And that's actually what's going to lead to messing up the notes a lot more. So try to stay calm. It's easier said than done, but that is truly the best thing that you can do when it comes to nailing a fast passage. If you're listening to this and you have a fast passage in mind, maybe it's like the peak, most difficult part of your piece, and you're thinking, okay, uh, how am I going to get it to 160 when I can barely play it at the slowest tempo? Try not to get discouraged. Oftentimes, like in many things, the first few steps are going to be the hardest here. You're probably going to spend the longest amount of time getting your passage down in that first step and then maybe to from 60 to 63 and then to 66 to 69. After a certain point, it starts to go a little bit faster. So if you're stuck in those early stages, be patient and know that the time you're spending in this slower tempo is really an investment for things to go faster later on. So let's just take a break here and summarize a little bit because this is a pretty dense episode in terms of things that you can go home and practice with. So first of all, we've talked about the steps to playing something fast. Step one is to figure out the notes very, very slowly, one by one. Step two is to figure out what your end goal is in terms of a metronome marking. This is going to be a concrete number. And you're going to also then figure out where you're at currently and then chart out what you need to do, how many metronome markings you need to go up and then down to get there. It helps it feel a lot more straightforward that way. A comparison that comes to mind is saving for retirement. Retirement can feel, at least at my age, very far away and being a very abstract big number that I need to save for. But if you've ever used a retirement calculator that you can find online, you enter in your age now, what age you want to retire and how much money you want to retire with. And it essentially just breaks down how much you need to put uh, into your bank account every month to achieve that. And then it doesn't feel so abstract anymore. Suddenly you just know that you need to put X there for X amount of years and you'll be able to retire in theory. This feels similar to me because sometimes playing very fast can feel very abstract, but at the end of the day, you can measure out the speed that you want with a specific number and then you work backwards from there And you can make a plan for yourself that every single day for X amount of days, you go up by X amount of clicks. And and just like retirement in theory, if you do that, you will get there. It's just simple math. I hope that so far I've given you a lot of practical things that you can work on in your upcoming practice sessions. But let me end with something really concrete that if you are practicing later today, I want you to pay attention to. There are so many other things that you can work on, such as adding rhythms to your passage, working in different groupings, putting emphasis on different notes, all sort of strategies that go into passage work that are going to be beyond the scope of this episode. But I will say something to really pay attention to that's easy to forget is actually what your right hand is doing, what your bow arm is doing. A lot of the time we get really hung up on the left hand, especially if there are shifts involved. And you'll spend a lot of time just figuring out the tuning, how far you need to shift on this note. And 
it's easy to neglect the impact that the right hand is going to have in speeding things up. So the first thing to check if you find that you have been practicing and working with a metronome, but that things just still feel a little rocky and they're lacking clarity, you're maybe stumbling over notes, but you are putting in the time, check out what your bow is doing. It's very possible, uh, especially if it's just straight 16th notes back and forth, that you're actually using too much bow. The faster you go, the less amount of bow you need. I'll say that again because that's important, especially for beginners. The faster you want to play, the less amount of bow you need for each note. As you progress, there will be exceptions to that rule. But if you're a beginner or intermediate player, that's something that's going to apply most of the time. And it makes sense, right? If you use smaller bow strokes, you're going to be able to play faster. Taking the example of a sports car versus a large truck, the sports car is going to be smaller, it's going to be lighter, and it's going to be able to quickly accelerate and maneuver around corners. Whereas a truck is larger, it weighs more, and it's going to take a lot more effort to turn around a corner. It's going to take longer time as well. And in violin playing, it's the exact same thing. Using less bow is going to allow for faster playing. When your bow strokes are too long relative to the speed you're trying to play, it's going to feel really heavy. It's going to feel difficult to change directions. And you're going to start to stumble over yourself or just to lose the tempo completely. So pay attention to that. Watch your right hand next time you're practicing a fast passage. And that's something that once you pay attention to it can get fixed rather quickly and you'll find that you'll make a lot of progress that way. All right, I'm going to end on that note for this week. Of course, there are many other practice techniques that you can use to help speed things up that are beyond the scope of this episode, such as practicing in rhythms, practicing in groupings, for example. And I do cover these to some extent in the episode titled A Look Into My Scales Routine. So to get a taste of that, you can listen to that episode and that should give you even more things that you can try once you've looked at the basics of playing faster in this episode. I hope that I've given you some things to think about when it comes to playing faster and maybe demystified it a little bit. As I said at the beginning, there are strategies to be able to play something fast. It doesn't need to feel so difficult and abstract once you actually sit down and you figure out what the steps you need to do to get there. You will get there and that's if the piece that you're playing makes sense for your level. If you have only been playing for a year and you're trying to play some presto solo Bach, Uh, This is not really going to help you, but if you are struggling with a piece that your teacher assigned or that makes sense for the level that you're at, uh, you'll find that speeding things up can be actually quite straightforward. In this week's newsletter, I will be sharing my favorite metronome app that has that tap function that I mentioned, as well as a little example of a metronome chart. I always send out little extra tidbits on my newsletter just because some things are easier to share in written form. So make sure you're signed up for that. You can sign up at violinclass.co slash newsletter. It's free and I send out an email with every new podcast episode. And I'll also have an accompanying blog post on my website at violinclass.co slash episodes slash 37. The link will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a rating or a review. And again, a big, big thank you to 
everyone who has already left one of the reviews on Apple Podcasts. I really do appreciate it and I have read all of them. And a big thank you as well to anyone who has reached out and emailed me. I really enjoy reading your stories and your journeys through the violin. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you guys at the next one.